0: How you doing? Good. Sorry about being a couple minutes late here.
1: No, don't worry about it. All good. You're all set up. You're all good. Ready to go. Uh, Yeah. My audio. Okay. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, we're not, you know, we're not looking for like crazy audio here. This is pretty, pretty low budget underground for now. So. Okay. All right, man. Um, Well, welcome. I guess I'm just, you know, let's just start. Um, I reached out to you because I thought it was super cool that you had this duality of comedy and crypto. A lot of people in the crypto community are, you know, very techy, very like in the middle of everything. And I figured, okay, you're probably going to be able to talk about crypto in an interesting way, in a way that is probably more relatable for people who are trying to find out about it. So,
0: that's why you're on. So, welcome. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, uh, I originally started my podcast with uh, just comedy centric in mind, just trying to be funny and uh, really failing at that for the most part. So decided to bring actual comedians in that could do the job for us. Um, and then from that aspect, uh, you know, different ventures have gone on. Uh, we were going on three years now with the podcast. And, oh, wow.
1: Nice. Congratulations.
0: Um, thank you. Uh, Interests change. Um, side projects change. I and me and my co-hosts we you know at our roots we have like a not an entrepreneurial spirit but just like a uh, something they're driving us to to get a side hustle right and yeah like a in, in, like a, a quest for independence yeah exactly and um I don't think that crypto itself is really a side hustle, like some famous people would say, you know, <laughs> Elon Musk. But <laughs> uh, uh, we we found an interest. I was interested way prior to uh, the actual podcast being something that was going to happen, um, you know, almost a decade ago when Bitcoin was, you know, just in its infancy. Uh, I started mining Bitcoin a little bit and destroyed one of my laptops. And then as we were talking more about... This is... Uh, wait, just, uh, just a minute. This yeah. is
1: this is with your friend still? This is with my co-host, yeah. What's what's his name, I guess? Just so we can put a, a face oh,
0: to the Scott. name. Oh, Scott. His name Scott. is Scott. Scott Lazer. Cool, cool. Yeah, so uh, we both run Amigos PC together. Uh, and yeah, essentially we... Uh, we started talking taking crypto a little bit more serious and instead of just buying it uh we thought well let's try to find an avenue where we can make it passively and that we started you know we we built a rig well i shouldn't say we built we bought a rig and then re reverse engineered it and built a new one gotcha nice how much that's
1: that's probably super expensive to buy a rig right cuz you need all of, like the components the gpu and everything
0: yeah. So the rig essentially came with everything except for a power supply. Uh, and it, it wasn't cheap. That's for sure. Uh, but we did negotiate with the person because essentially the rig that we were buying were, it, it was a rig with four gigabyte cards on it, six of them. And just in today's market, four gigabyte cards, just it won't cut it. And, th- and that's virtual memory, not the actual memory on like a, a motherboard or something like that. Uh, so when we realize that, and that's the thing too, we made that mistake. We, we bought this rig thinking these cards would be efficient enough to start mining what we wanted to mine, which at that time was Ethereum. Uh, And we were like, all right, well, you know, we'll get it and hopefully we will get the power supply and it'll just be plug and play. And it wasn't. So then that's, you know, passive income is never passive really. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So uh, once we plugged it in and we realized, okay, uh, this isn't going to cut it. Uh, we need to, you know, look at a different game plan. Well, in the meantime, at, while we were waiting for that rig, I was still shopping for graphics cards. Cause I was like, well, we're here now. Uh, and once I see what it takes to put things together, I can start building a new one. So let's just start building inventory so I can do that. Uh, I got my hands on an eight eight gigabyte graphics card, and once that took place uh, and we realized, okay, these four gigabyte cards are not going to work it, I started swapping out the cards. So essentially, disconnected all six of those once we got the rig, um, which uh, pretty soon here, we're actually going to show, we're going to have a video on our YouTube kind of just showing how we got the rig, what the rig initially looked like, and We're going to be putting more uh, content on our YouTube, just kind of going through the journey that I'm explaining right now. Uh, But yeah, with with the rig itself, we had one card going at the one time that was eight gigabytes, and then we just started going from there. Uh, Those cards, essentially, you know, we, we, I don't know if you want to call flipping it, but we flipped those four gigabyte cards and, and got eight gigabyte cards and came out a little bit more money. Oh, wow, nice! Yeah, so essentially now we're you know almost at a, a full giga hash when it comes to mining Ethereum. Uh, a giga
1: a giga hash. What yeah. does that What does that
0: mean? So that's a hash rate uh, and a hash rate. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Is the rate in which the GPU can uh, configure the math problem or solve the puzzle um, to gain uh, Ethereum a portion. Right so um
1: actually this is a good segue can you explain mining because see i understand like i understand it on principle you're solving a math problem like you have a computer that solves a math problem and the algorithm rewards rewards you with either bitcoin or ethereum depending on what you're doing but yeah that is so abstract to me i don't understand i i like i understand what, what I like about cryptocurrency is that it's decentralized. I understand that aspect of things. I'm more approaching it from the aspect of, you know, like a, a independence, you know, leaving the system sort of like yeah. from that philosophy. But I'm not a big tech guy necessarily. So I don't really understand the more technical components of it. Um, so when you mine, what are you really doing? Like, what is the computer doing?
0: Uh, well, the, commu- the computer itself, so the GPU or uh, a specific rig, like an ASIC miner, is that that was built specifically to mine a certain algorithm. All they're doing is solving a math problem. Uh, to really like the way that I understood uh, solving or, or like what mining really is, say that you want to buy um, some Bitcoin from me, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're two different people and uh, we want to send it from one avenue to another in in, in monetary traditional um, dollar value. Right. We would have to go to a bank and I have to either like write you a check and there's there's somebody involved. Yeah, there's well, an intermediary. In crypto, yeah. In, in crypto, there still is someone involved as like a third party, but it's not really someone that's that, like it's not that difficult to to kind of describe this, but essentially there's there's always a piece of the puzzle trying to figure out who's doing what. So me and you don't mind. We don't, essentially, right? In theory, we don't mind, but I have some Bitcoin and you want to buy some of that Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I'm willing to send you that, right? So you're going to send me some other form of payment to get it, and then I'm going to send you that Bitcoin. And and we don't even have to do the other form of payment. Let's just say I wanted to gift you some Bitcoin, Right. right? I have to send that to you through a system, you know, like a wallet, right? And, and that transaction needs to take place. Well, someone on the digital highway of this blockchain needs to facilitate that essentially. And that's where mining comes into play, uh, or noting, uh, which noting is just a, a virtual way of, of validating a transaction, uh, which Ethereum is trying to go over to. But for mining itself, essentially, that's what that is. So I'm sending you some Bitcoin. There is now someone involved that's validating. And it's not just one person, it's many different GPUs doing this, right? Uh, And essentially they're validating the transaction along its way to, to where you get it. And now what takes place with that is I paid a little bit of a transaction fee to get this moving. And that little bit of transaction fee goes to those little validators, which in this term would be miners and essentially they're they're getting paid to facilitate it to the end
1: that makes sense and so where does the math problem come in because in my head like i imagine you know the computer is solving like some kind of algebra equation
0: or it's like i don't i don't understand how that fits in so the blockchain itself is building these blocks and all of these math problems have to to essentially be put together and these math problems are the transaction itself being validated saying, you know, one plus one, uh, or one plus two, like the, essentially what they're doing is, you know, it, especially if you're, you're sending it from a to B to C to D to E to F. Right. Well, cause in some cases that happens, especially when you're going globally. So,
1: like if you're sending it over long distances, for example, yeah,
0: there's it has to go
1: through multiple points.
0: Essentially, yes, uh, similar to like a wire, because when you send a wire from a bank, it goes from one bank to another bank to another bank to another bank, until it hits its final destination, because right. it just can't go from A to B for whatever reason. Uh, and it's similar with crypto, so it goes from the first valid from you to the first validator for me in this scenario. To the first validator, and then from the first validator to the second validator. Every time that happens, it generates basically uh, um, a complex piece of a code, and that's what they're calling the math problem. And that that okay. code is essentially building a block, and, and it's putting in uh, what they call rewards, and that those rewards are what are getting paid to the miner.
1: Okay, so it's so it's. Every time, like, let's say, so wait, so first this is kind of, is it kind of geographical? Like if, if you were right next to me and I'm sending you money, would there be fewer, uh, I guess, not blocks, but would, yeah, would there be fewer blocks? Is that how it works? Would there be fewer points? No,
0: essentially the way that they built some of these algorithms is that there's just like a standard fee. Uh, in some cases, like Ethereum, that fee can go up. And down, they call it a gas fee, uh, and, and essentially, that's all dictated by the market. If there's a lot of uh, if there's a lot of volume, the gas fee is going to be pretty high. And it doesn't matter if I'm sitting right next to you and trying to send this; it's still uh, it's still going to cost that amount of fee. It's, it's just basically like a toll fee, right? You, you're going on the freeway uh you and this is a toll freeway you have to stop at the toll you got to put some money in sorry for some reason i'm congested uh no it's all good (laughs) and you put the money in you get on the freeway and every mile marker is essentially a validator and as you're hitting those mile markers you go to get off the freeway sometimes there's a there's a toll to be there well in in crypto there's not a toll to actually receive funds in most cases but Uh, sometimes there's a toll there you got to pay again to get off and and so on and so forth it's just basically a a fee you pay to move your crypto and how is this highway
1: constructed where you know since it's digital why is there a highway i see i don't i don't necessarily understand like why doesn't it just go from me to you and how is it that it goes through other people and why does there need to be what? Why are, are there some transactions where, you know, because I'm sending it to somebody else, there will be higher fees because there are more miners on the way or do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Uh, so all, every single different cryptocurrency is different in the aspect of, of that freeway or that toll freeway. Uh, like a good example is uh, there's one called Matic, formerly known as Polygon. Uh, they were built off the Ethereum network and they're now starting to branch off. And they used to be subject to Ethereum gas fees. And Ethereum gas fees are are some days out of control and and other days very reasonable. Uh, And that's that fee that you pay to the miner. Uh, With Polygon, they figure out a way to uh, basically what they call a bridge. And they bridged Ethereum transactions onto their network. And they do it at such a small fee uh, that it's negligible. And essentially, they're doing it off of just validators through staking. Um, and, and staking basically is a, a, a node. Uh, someone would call it like a master node. Uh, and it, it's just a server that sits and um, automatically computes the transactions. Now, to go back to your original question as to why is this. Why is this needed? Like, why can't I just go from me to you? Uh, Essentially, with the way that the algorithm is, there's always a need for a highway. Now, can that highway be self-functioning? That's where cryptocurrency is kind of going right now. But in the meantime, uh, mining is needed because essentially all of these GPUs that are mining the cryptocurrency... Uh, are the infrastructure or the, the ledger. Uh, the, yeah, the highway essentially in this. In the, the ledger itself is something completely different. That, that okay, it, It's not different per se as to the uh, entire picture of, of cryptocurrency or blockchain, but essentially mining is making the ledger. And the ledger is its own validation source of what's happening on the blockchain.
1: Gotcha. So when you're mining, you're actually creating the components that then go into the ledger.
0: Yeah. So essentially the ledger is, is, it's just basically a spreadsheet of all the blocks that were mined. Well, you can go then into those blocks and see the transactions that took place within them. So that's what the ledger is. Mining itself essentially, like I said, it's separate from that because they're the ones facilitating everything, but they're also building that ledger. I understand. Okay. And so, so you're basically
1: okay. And so, and when you say the math problems, there's there's some code being generated, code that is, I'm assuming, adding to the ledger. Mm-hmm. And so, where is the solving aspect of it? That's that's where I'm not sure. Like, you have to solve code, but what what do you have to solve really? I is it just basically, are you coding? Is that what the solving is? You're coding?
0: No, uh, th- this is where like, it gets like super complicated and, and it's still kind of above my level uh, when it, with knowledge wise. But when people say like they're solving a problem I think that they're just, they're trying like the technical people, like you were saying earlier like, you know, there's this tech aspect and, and you're kind of hoping that like I can explain it in more layman terms just because of my background. And in some cases, when the techies say, oh, they're just solving a math problem, I, they're dumbing it down to us, essentially. Gotcha. So okay. these computers are validating a transaction, which is then creating code, right? And that's the math problem. That's what okay.
1: Gotcha. So, so that makes you know, sense. That makes sense to me.
0: That is, and then that code itself is being put into a block with the rewards that al- went along with it. And then once that block is completed, uh, which the algorithm can only know when the block is completed. Uh, and then at that point, all of those rewards are um, distributed out all to the miners. Okay. Well, that
1: was really good. That makes sense to me. So I'll just recap it to make sure I got it. So you have these transactions taking place and for those transactions to happen, for there to be trust in the system, you need them to be validated. That's yeah. where the miner comes in. They, they, basically validate and, validate and facilitate the actual transaction happening. And then once that happens, that information goes into the ledger, which is accessible for everybody to see. So you can quasi track transactions and make sure that everybody's on the same page with everything.
0: Yeah. It's very transparent for the most okay. part. Okay. Like it, it, it's still very private, but it's also transparent. So you can at least see what's going on with the blockchain. You can see where the volume is and things like that, but you may not know who that Ooh. is yeah and is there any information can you can you figure out geographically where they are or there's just it's literally just an account and it, it, you don't know yeah, if you want to put your tinfoil hat on you definitely can make some good guesses okay so you can you can like cross-reference and yeah exactly do forensic work and that aspect of things gotcha yeah, it, it's essentially yeah you're, you're i don't know if you've ever seen uh um, sunny in Philadelphia, but the uh, one episode where Charlie Day is basically trying to cons- uh, explain a, a conspiracy that's going on. He's got a big wall, white wall. There's red yarn, tape yeah. <laughs> connecting all the dots together, and essentially that would be trying to trace up who on the blockchain is is actually making the transaction you're you're looking at or searching for. Gotcha. Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense actually. Um, okay,
1: so it's. And why did you get into crypto other than just the amount of money? Is there like an ideological thing too? Are you interested in the, um, you know, I guess off the
0: beaten path aspect of it? Uh, The main driver definitely was uh, financial freedom. Uh, But crypto for some reason has always piqued my interest. Uh, Even when I first started with it in Bitcoin, I I was... uh, I was only buying it at that point. And then it's again, tried to start mining it myself on a laptop that I completely destroyed. Uh, Just and, because there was not enough, like it couldn't handle it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Bitcoin was on that, that uh, I don't know if you want to, like it was on a ledge at that point where uh, GPUs really couldn't like they were mining Bitcoin, but it, it was getting to the point where they shouldn't be anymore uh, just because it it was so uh, ASIC driven and ASIC machines, like I said earlier, it's just a machine specifically dedicated to an algorithm and that's all they do. They just mine uh, cryptocurrency on that specific algorithm and uh, they're very efficient at it. So with that being said, like I, I was, you know, getting into it, I was able to mine some, but it just, it, it took a toll on my laptop to the point to where uh, it completely just, I mean, the laptop works. I still have it to this day, uh, <laughs> just because I, I have a hard time letting go of certain things, but um, yeah, it, it, it overheated. It, it used to overheat a lot. Uh, it doesn't do that anymore because I'm not really doing any mining on it or anything like that. I barely turn it on, but um, yeah, no, it, it overheated uh, The the video uh graphics card that was on it, which is completely outdated to today's standards. Uh c- basically fried for the most part. Uh yeah, it's just it completely just malfunctioned, things like that. Yeah. And now so how many rigs do you have? You still you still have one? Uh no, we have more than one. Uh so it was, it was kind of funny. So yesterday I started building our fourth rig. Oh, nice. uh, and uh, essentially it's a it's a frankenstein rig it's just in its infancy right now and uh you got my hands on our first nvidia uh graphics
1: those are so expensive my friend just got one he's he's trying to mine a little bit and he spent like i think i don't know like 3k is that a is that is that possible or am i overshooting
0: you're yeah you're looking at like the 30 series uh the cards he got the he got
1: the crazy one he got like he put he got he just went crazy he got everything
0: that's yeah that's uh that i try to stay away from those uh just for the simple fact that they are extremely overpriced if i can get it at a retail value that would be amazing but uh, it's very difficult to do that uh so i I look for cards that are within uh, an obtainable budget right so uh, like in this case, I this is a 1660 Ti. Uh, you know, it, it on the scalper market, you know, eBay things like that. This car is going six, seven hundred dollars a pop. Uh, but uh, if you can find it, uh, which the second market uh the uh, the scalper market, I should say, eBay is essentially you know it's secondhand or brand new. Uh, but I found other secondhand avenues in, in trying to negotiate it cheaper. So this card I actually got for like $400. And is it, is it fine that it's used? Does it change the performance at all? Or you take that risk for sure. Um, In most cases uh, it's fine. Um, We have, I think two or three cards that are brand new. When we got them, like new to us, uh, mm-hmm. not not new to us, but like new in the box. Uh, all the other cards are new to us because they're they're secondhand. Uh, Performance-wise, I haven't seen a difference to be honest with you between our new in the box and and our used. But the thing is, is that I, I'm kind of when I'm negotiating a price with these people uh, that I'm buying a secondhand graphics card from, I'm also kind of vetting them. Like, okay, what's going on with the card? Have you ever mined with it? You know, what 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 essentially trying to figure out, well, where was their performance level? Because if it's just a gamer, and a lot of the cards that we have, we bought from gamers, we have bought another card, or, you know, a couple cards from uh, dedicated miners. Uh, they're just, you know, upgrading or moving to something else. Uh, but if it's just a gamer and they haven't done any modifications to settings, the card wasn't used, basically. Like yeah. it, the, the, the performance of the card never saw its potential. Right. So, so it's not, uh, it's not overworked or the yeah. longevity is going to be the same as a new card. <laughs> exactly. And, and I found with, and now Nvidia is a little bit new territory and I'm kind of working out the bugs, especially with this new rig, but did you use uh,
1: AMD when, before?
0: Yeah, uh, we are heavily AMD uh, when it comes to our cards. Uh, so those I found a way uh, to make them efficient with you know tuning and BIOS mod and, and not wreaking havoc on them uh, and keeping them in high temperatures so they're essentially working very efficiently but also you know they're working hard for us so they're, they're doing what they need to do and they're they're getting hash rates that are higher than expected that you would find um, as like a general hash rate on 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 um, what to mine, for example, it's a website that tells you, you know, where the performance of the GPU should be.
1: Okay. Um, so you've got three slash four rigs, where, where do you keep them and how, how big are they? They're
0: probably like a size of like a, maybe two laptops, right? Something like that. Um, uh, one. well, we, me and my co-host, we each mine at our location. So, uh, my co-host, we were originally both in Phoenix were in Phoenix Uh, I have stayed he has since moved to Tennessee and so he has an area at his house where he's keeping some of this and then I have an area at my house where I'm keeping some of this and now we're actually looking to uh, because we're always expanding and and we've gotten we've taken leaps where we really should have taken steps (laughs) and now we're looking at okay well we need to kind of centralize some of this and and put it in its own area if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And and have you thought about pooling with other people?
0: No. No. It's so it, we do in the sense of when we mine, we mine Yeah. Yeah, you're in a mining but, pool. But essentially with uh just buying the rigs and uh bringing them up, we've considered it. And we've brought it to people that we know and trust uh, on, on factoring in, okay, you know, do you want to be a part of this and we'll dedicate one rig to what we do as a whole. Uh, but for the most part it's just me and my co-host. So essentially we're just together, hey, I found a new graphics card, uh, you know it's this, I'm trying to get it for this. Uh, or hey, you know we need this, uh, we need new fans. you know what are we spending our crypto on this this month? you know and so on and so forth.
1: Gotcha. And have you been able to, um, so first actually, how much, how much will like your typical rig cost you? Like, is it in the thousands, two thousands,
0: um, a lot more? Yeah. So let's just use an example of like a six card rig, a six uh, graphics card rig. Which is like your sort of like, where are we? Is that like kind of beginner normal? Yeah. I would say that that would be normal. Like you, if you went to go, you know, Google, you know, mining rig, right? Or graphic yeah. card mining rig, like a six card rig would, would generally come up more often than not. Depending on the card, let's just say like it's, you know, uh, an average eight gigabyte card. Uh, let's use an example of an RX, uh, no, a 5600 XT. That's a that's an AMD card. That's a very common card that's used now in, in uh, mining rigs. We use that that card. I would say you're probably looking at uh, close to four, maybe five thousand dollars. Wow. Okay, so it is so it is a lot of money. Yeah. So, what we did, and I, I'll kind of go and I didn't mean to like really derail the beginning of your show with like just jumping right into our story, but to maybe give you a little bit of a tactic on on what we did. Because uh, we realized our our mistake in what we did with the four gigabyte cards right after we sent the money <laughs> to, to, to get it. Uh, so essentially, we found a rig, you know, we were looking, okay, we're going to look and see if we can find something that's very reasonable cost-wise. And uh, the rig we found was uh, RX 580s uh, that were four gigabytes and... Uh, It was, you know, everything but the power supply. And essentially the guy wanted, I wanted to say $2,500 for it. Well, we negotiated with him. Again, this is like through a second hand app that we found this uh, in the first place. Uh, And and so it's not like eBay or something like that. This is like, you know, uh, Craigslist, offer up, things like that, which you got to be careful because that's very risky because there's just a lot of fraud going on there. So you just got to know your your risk, and then also do your own research, and just trying to validate who you're talking to on the other end. Uh, and essentially, we talked him down to about sixteen hundred dollars for okay. every. Uh, and the board itself, I mean, especially in today's and th- this was, I want to say, almost a year ago at this point. But in today's world, that the motherboard alone will go for three or four hundred dollars. So the graphics cards, they're, they're still going to go for a few hundred dollars because they're four gigabytes and gamers can't get their hands on on graphics cards also because of what's going on. So those cards are still valuable to a gamer. And so essentially what we did was, okay, we have these cards. It's uh, not what we need, right? We need to figure out a way to get a more efficient card on there, an eight gigabyte card basically. Uh, and as we're still trolling through um, secondhand uh, websites and things like that, trying to find eight gigabyte cards, uh, we listed our cards for sale. And so, all right, we'll just, you know, just save that money. And, and as soon as we find what we're looking for, we'll use that money and buy uh, the other cards. We stumbled across somebody here in the Valley that had new in the box, 588 gigabyte cards never used they've just been sitting on a shelf and we're like are you serious like you're not doing anything with them and he and and talking to the guy we found out you know he's like yeah i used to mine i was gonna use these as another rig and you know all this other stuff and um and he was just trying to liquidate he didn't really he knew things were crazy when it came to graphics cards and supply and everybody mining he just didn't know how crazy it was is that Uh,
1: is that because of covid by the way the shortages
0: uh, no i don't so that has something to do with like new graphics cards being made that definitely has something to do with the influx uh and uh essentially you know availability production all that fun stuff but that doesn't really have that didn't really have an effect like on the on the secondhand market okay so uh, that just Mining as a whole, because it's just been so popular, uh, and cryptocurrency itself has been so popular, and everybody's just trying to find a way to get in, it, everybody's buying supply. And when COVID hit, the new-in-the-box supply went to zero, and so then secondhand uh, essentially had to take that you know the brunt of that. And people trying to find graphics cards from other people uh, just drove the price up. And now here we have scalpers that are selling graphics cards for $3,000 a pop.
1: Wow. Okay. And so, okay. So that's how you're, so this is a year ago, right? About? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And I I would tell you like the the journey on this, the amount of knowledge that I knew about cryptocurrency a year ago to now, I feel like I went through an eight year university stint (laughs) last year of just like trying to figure out what is cryptocurrency. I mean, obviously I had like a mild, a mild degree of knowledge of, of what it is to I'm constantly building new rigs. I know what's needed XYZ. Uh, I know uh, how I need to modify and get into a motherboard. I know the technical aspects of, okay, well, this connector doesn't work with this connector or this piece doesn't work with this piece. It's just, There's just so much like light years of of things that go from when I started to now that it's like, okay, uh, I have a really good grasp of of understanding uh, what everything is needed uh, when it comes to cryptocurrency and getting something going Uh, or looking into a new project and figuring out is this project a rug pull or is this project something that might enhance some of the future capabilities and that's where my um my learning process right now is because i'm really trying to dive into some new projects that are coming to the market um you mean like nfts and all that stuff i'm not a huge fan of nfts but uh essentially like new projects i don't know if you've heard this is a really big hype coin but safe moon i haven't heard of it now oh so safe moon is basically a um a coin that auto generates uh, more liquidity for you, and uh, every time someone transacts a, you know, buys or sells uh, Safe Moon, they are penalized uh, with a tax, and half of that tax essentially goes to the holders of Safe Moon. Safe Moon is trying to um, change the way that people bank, if that makes sense. Um, they are trying to make it to where you can utilize their token in getting in everyday aspects. You know they're gonna they're building a card right now so you can utilize it via a debit card. Okay. Uh, and essentially they're they're pulling away to where like you don't need a third party intermediary at all. Uh, and they're also looking at different aspects of growing the community with. Uh, hard wallets, soft wallets, and, and other things like that, too. It, it's just a very good, transparent project, and, and it's not perfect in any means, but essentially it, it is trying to add value to what cryptocurrency should be in the Make future. Make it more accessible. and Yeah, exactly. And um, it's just one of those projects that if you read the white paper and then you also just follow the team, it might be something worth your while and actually looking at. Uh, okay. That's what I'm doing pro- for project wise. And had I not gone through that past year of, uh, for the most part, headache, <laughs> um, it, I, I wouldn't have known to be like, okay, this is a project that we need to get behind. Because, you know, first, the, the ground aspects of it seem okay, like what they're initially trying to do. But then once you start to see the, the end result, you're like, okay, I see that they're trying, they have good intentions and in trying to change the world. Gotcha.
1: And, um, so, so you're looking at things, so see, so you do have a bit of an, uh, not ethical, but you do have a bit of an ethical perspective, right. When approaching it, there is something you're aiming at. That's maybe greater than just the money.
0: Yeah, essentially. So uh, yes, you want
1: the community to grow. You want crypto to grow. You want it to to become a thing.
0: Yeah. Well, then that's the thing too. Like, you're not going to know what a, a token or a coin has value to uh, at all like you won't be able to gauge what that value is or the risk of that token if you don't know what they're about and if you're starting to read essentially what what they're trying to build uh or you know, what they're trying to build doesn't really explain it to you well then you're taking a really high risk and in getting involved in that because you don't know what they're trying to do they're, they're just there to be there you know and then mm-hmm. that we have six thousand cryptocurrencies at this point, and, and a lot of them came through this past year. And a lot of them are just shit. Uh, I don't know. The, my language, I but. don't know.
1: No, dude, you're completely right because there's one that's literally. I was on Instagram. It's called the Diarrhea Coin. Oh my god! Di- it's like <laughs> it was like fully advertised on Instagram. Like twenty thousand followers. Um. Yeah.
0: It's it's literally a shit coin. <laughs> yeah. See. And, and, you know, what's funny, though, is that so there are coins that are like that and then they're just making fun of the whole situation. And they still make money. Yeah, and they do. They're essentially trying to be Doge for the most part. That's how Doge started. Uh, And that's great. You know, if that if, you know, they continue to build their community and things kind of, you know, project in a different way for them. You know, they could be something you could they can mimic what Doge is. Uh, But there's other ones that are literally uh named after shit like there is one called poo coin uh, <laughs> and they've built a reputable reputable brand uh with a uh, a dex a, a decentralized exchange uh that shows you what values uh, are at for these smaller tokens on the binance chain and they're thriving it's it, i think their coin is at like $4 now it's it's crazy and it it's it's called Poo coin right? Mike I got I got my father in law involved in cryptocurrency along this journey, and essentially he started to track uh, some of the the tokens that he's putting funds or allocating funds to, and he does it through Poo coin So anytime uh, he can't
1: take it seriously, <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. He no that and that's that, that's what I'm getting at is so he you know he's mentioning he brings that up and then. You know, my kids are laughing. They're like, oh, he's talking about poop. You know, he's you guys got the poo coin, you got the poo coin? Like it's just a, a big running joke now in my in my household. It's it's hilarious. I mean, it, it's funny, like a lot of things. I feel like in the past
1: maybe five years, memes were something that had a very like standard usage. It was something you saw on the internet as a joke. It was like a political cartoon. Yep. And now they're entering mainstream, like they're becoming you know, monetizable. It's like, uh, I don't know if you know this. I, I found out, you know how Tesla has the Model 3, uh, E, the S, and the Y? Yeah. Or no, there's, what is it? S, E, X. Sorry, just the 3, the E, the X, and the Y. There we go. And the whole point is that you can spell sexy. Yeah, yes. So yeah, yeah, it's just like everything. Like, that would be unthinkable, I don't know, 20 years ago, that a reputable car company has you know, that kind of, um, would you call it like, um, imagination to make, yeah to make things. Yeah. You know
0: what's funny about that? It's Elon Musk, obviously at the end of the day, it's Rand. He, he intentionally did this, but I think that's one of the things uh, that's driving him to be in favor of Dogecoin is because Dogecoin had that same philosophy when it was created. Yeah. Spirit when it was created. So, it, it it shows how even you could be the most brilliant man on the planet, you're still a pervert and and you're <laughs> something, something that, you know, funny out of something that's very serious. Because, I mean, you're an auto manufacturer, right? And you're, that's a very serious thing. And he, his goal is to change the world, right? And he's now adding this these symbols in. And if you're not really doing the research, no one's going to know. But yeah, no, I found that randomly. Yeah. If you know, you know, and then it's funny, you know? Yeah. And, no, and that, sure. You no, know that was, sure. him. that was all him. He, he, yeah. So it's, it's just funny that, you know, the most brilliant minds in the world can also be relatable because, you know, he's just a, a you know, a, a regular dude that's a pervert and, and putting that out there. Yeah. Not to, not to say that, you know, Elon Musk himself really is a pervert, but no, but I know what you mean. Like (laughs) like the
1: like like the middle school version.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, (laughs) I like that. I like that a lot about
1: him. I think um everything is so serious, and it's almost like there's a fight back. We've been getting serious about everything, everything, yeah and then like this like meme culture is fighting back with like with GameStop and everything. And the fight itself is actually serious, it's based on real values, but the way the fight the language of the fight has completely changed and it's all about like making fun and and being more human in a way you know fighting this like very like machine you know perfect world with this just like throwing memes at it
0: (laughs) funny you bring that up because uh the last guest we just had on we haven't dropped this episode yet but it's a radio host from las vegas and uh we are talking about cancel culture a lot in, in oh, that yeah. episode. And, and essentially what you're describing is it's the fight against cancel cancel culture. Like it's like, we can't be ourselves anymore, especially on social media uh, because you know, one bad thing that's said, and then all of a sudden you have the peanut gallery trying to get famous off of, especially if you, you have a decent following, like, you know, Elon Musk and, and other people like that. Uh, they're trying to take you down and they're trying to be the ones that like, hey, I was the one that took uh, Mark from the Amigos down uh, so he couldn't do anything anymore. Yeah, that's uh, terrible. I know. And it, what's funny is is the same individual, right? It would be posting some of these awful memes that we see that we also find kind of funny at times. So yeah. it's, 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 it's completely like, hypocritical. Exactly. Exactly. Is the it the the fight the battle that's going on? I think it's really among ourselves, essentially. Like, it, yeah, you know, posting this out there to be humorous, and what I said was a joke. And then there are people who aren't taking the joke, but in reality, they are taking the joke. But they found out that they can then, you know, use that to their advantage and take it and take advantage of you, particularly, and and getting you canceled, and then making their notoriety. I think we're like when you look at it, we're in the middle of like a cold
1: war but a cold civil war yeah you know yeah I mean, it's very strange like the whole covid thing has definitely made that more visible um the cancel culture the there's just like there's the the game stop thing the gme like there's there's definitely two world visions that are yeah. opposing each other in everything <laughs> everything like, it's no you're crazy. not crazy it. it's crazy And it's hard to know who stands on what, because you could have somebody who's like very establishment on one thing and then very, um, you know, anti-establishment on something else. And then like some of the seemingly really anti-establishment movements are completely co-opted by the establishment. Like the, you know, like, you know, like, uh, like the whole racial and environmental stuff, like it seems like very like counter establishment, but it's like completely co-opted by the establishment for its own benefit. And then you've got the cancel culture and it's like, it's hard to figure out who's establishment and who's not, you know?
0: Right. And it's also trying to, it's it's very difficult to figure out who the good guy is in all of it. Because you may be following the good guy. And then all of a sudden that good guy, they, they, they learned a new aspect of themselves because money got involved or, or Mm -hmm. a political thing got involved. Blackmail. yeah, something. And then at that point, they're, they're an individual that's completely different or an organization that's completely different from what the original vision was. And and then you're like, well, I'm not following the bad guy. Like, Oh, like, what, what do I do here? Yeah. And what's funny is everybody thinks
1: they're in the minority. Like everybody thinks that they are currently revolutionizing against the established order. Even if they have completely opposite views, like everybody else thinks the other person's the establishment yeah exactly you know? yeah like if you're if you're getting canceled it's because you're the white establishment person but if but like from their perspective but you as the canceled person are like what that's like the establishment canceling me out and my opinion so it's like you know it's this really weird dynamic where everybody's kind of shutting each other down and i actually think i mean this is like you know entering like uh you know conspiracy theory territory yeah. but i think there's a there's, there's a reason, right? Cause we're all like fighting and infighting against each other. And meantime, like if, if you look at the bigger trends, I think there's one big trend and that's just like government and corporations keep getting bigger, no matter what, yeah. no matter what we're fighting about internally, like you got less power now
0: than you had five years ago. That that's a pretty consistent trend. Yeah, no. So it's a distraction. That's for sure. Yeah. So we always have to, you know, and unfortunately people as a whole, like it, all together bunched are very stupid. And, yep. and I don't mean that as, as like a derogatory or I do mean that as a derogatory, but I mean it as like, you know, I'm not saying that you're stupid. I'm just saying as a collective, like we are not very smart.
1: Yeah. And
0: there are very smart individuals within that collective. And then that, that it just, there's not enough essentially to really see, the end game, right? And, and not a lot of people even want to see the end game. They yeah, just that's a big part of it. Like even yeah. they just they don't want to know, because then it's it's a little scary to
1: think yeah, exactly. in terms like of that.
0: But at the same time, someone can't be like that. And and this kind of goes back to and connecting to cryptocurrency too. Oh, absolutely. currency is trying to riff apart from centralization. And what is centralization? Centralization is the government, right? Centralization is the big banks. Uh, it's a third party involved that shouldn't be involved, essentially. So people, as they start to get ease of use with what's going on, right? It, they they need they'll, they'll adapt cryptocurrency a little bit better. But also, and to kind of go on what we were saying, as a bulk, it's like we're turning a blind eye, which is not a smart thing to do, and it's allowing the government. To continue to you know take uh, our free, uh, I don't want to that sentence too patriotic, but they're taking. No, I, guess I get, get where you're. Saying. Um, I, right, I agree it, with you. Kind of go with the the conversation. It, it, yeah, it. So with cryptocurrency and the government, like that's essentially what they're trying to do. And hopefully, there are more people like us that are like open and seeing what they're trying to do, so they don't take advantage of what's being built here, because honestly, cryptocurrency itself, like the idea of it and everything that's kind of just transpiring, it could really change the world.
1: Yeah, I I know. And I think that's why like big banks are scared. And I was wondering, do you know, you know, there's a lot of people who are saying there's currently like lately with all that's been going on in Bitcoin. And I don't know if Ethereum's as affected that there's market manipulation. And is that true from your perspective? Do you have an opinion on is there kind of a fight back from, because like in the past, I don't know, I would say in the past year, all of a sudden the institutionals got in and they got in on the hype and then the price now is dropping. Well, it's like kind of being weird and super volatile, which is normal for a cryptocurrency. But there's there's definitely a peak interest. There's definitely now, it's it's not niche anymore. I mean, everybody knows about cryptocurrency. So the war yeah. is now kind of happening now you know, we're in the middle of the struggle. It's, it's official. Driver, the establishment. Yeah. And, and so if- do you think there is market manipulation going on or have you seen anything that was, or heard anything that kind of indicated
0: that, that the fight is progressing in some way uh, with a fight? I, honestly, I think a lot of people don't know that there is the fight. And I think that's really the problem. Mm. Um. To answer the basic question, though, uh, it, do you think that there's market manipulation? I think it with cryptocurrency, yes, uh, definitely. It is very apparent. It is like in-your-face uh, market manipulation. Uh, anytime that Elon Musk says anything, the market swings in one way or another. So that right there is market manipulation. Any hype coin that's built off of hype itself is market manipulation. Yeah if you're trying to boost a coin or a token on your social and all of a sudden you went viral, that's market manipulation. Like there it is so blatant in cryptocurrency. It, it is just, it, yeah, it, it's just hard to comprehend one. And then also at the same time, it's just for traditional, someone that does stock market and they're, you know, subject to the SEC uh, It it is frustrating for, uh, stock investors, which happen to be, you know, the big banks. So then they are like, ah, talking crap, essentially about cryptocurrency. And which in itself is also affecting the market. Yes, exactly. It, just recently, I would say less than a week ago, Chase came out and said, uh, you know, we, we, we were right about this. And, you know, this is what we thought are gonna, is going to happen. And now everything is pointing to a direction. We're heading to a bear market in the cryptocurrency world.
1: Yeah. And do you, where, where does Elon stand? Is he like, <laughs> where, where is he's He's hard to figure out.
0: Yeah, he is. Yeah. I can't
1: I can't figure out which side, you know, we're talking about this, like there's like these two movements sort of one is like part of the counterculture, like, hey, government, you know, fuck off um uh, independent i guess people who desire independence and then people who think they want independence but all they talk about is collective like solutions to their problems so where does he stand i can't figure out is he institutional is he like a shill is he like pretending to be a meme guy but really he's you know
0: just kind of the same as everybody else or is he he really driving change He's really new, unique. Uh, obviously, I'm not Elon Musk, so I, I don't know, you know, exactly. But mm-hmm. I can give my opinion as yeah, to yeah. kind of what I see, you know, from looking from the outside. Um, I really like Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that he is like a hundred percent establishment. Um, he's like a, a happy medium. Uh, he's yeah. not very. Like he's higher. a good mix. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know. I don't know if I really even say like a good mix either. A I, I, happy medium probably is more a progressive way to say it because he still is establishment and he has to be, unfortunately, because he's built these billion dollar companies. Right. Uh, and he can't do that without the collective being behind him. Uh, another thing is, you know, he he kind of is for the little guy on on an outer perspective because he's you know he's pumping doge he doesn't have to do that but he does it because his kid likes doge and i'm sure his kids fucking off the charts when it comes to to being brilliant uh if he's anything like elon yeah they're yeah i've heard that they're all the kids are brilliant
1: and autistic (laughs) (laughs) like actually though well i you know autistic but one of them is like you know, like, I don't know, like five or six already playing the piano, like really yeah. well. The other ones, you know, like one of those like super genius, but autistic kids.
0: Well, that's the thing with autism. Like it, it, it deflates a value in one aspect of your life or what we call or consider yeah. norm, but it, it then inflates a muscle balance. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the way that Elon it, with his Asperger's is essentially, you know, he, he may not function well in certain aspects of his life in which we don't really know, or maybe he's made it apparent and I just haven't done enough research on what's going on with that. But other aspects, he's a billionaire for a reason. Like he's yeah. Yeah. He's, he's absolutely crazy. Yeah. He's talking about people with about aerodynamics and getting, you know, putting feet onto Mars and he's essentially backing it up with all of the knowledge that he, he has, I, I can only imagine sitting in a room with this guy for a day, right? And exhausting. I bet it, has you- exhausting. <laughs> it has to be exhausting. And I'm sure a part of it is him like speed reading books or something. Like it, it just, it's I, I another level that I know I'll never get to that point, but
1: <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't want to, he said something really interesting. He said uh, it was in this interview, I guess, in front of a lot of college students and somebody asked him, Oh, how can I be, you know, like you Or like, what, it, you know, what is it like to be with like these big eyes of, you know, like Elon, that's who everybody wants to be. Right. I mean, a billionaire, he's this, he's rich, he's got hot girlfriends, he's got, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then he looked and you know how Elon is, he's like very serious all the time and, and well, no, but you know what I mean in his, in his communication, he can be very like thoughtful and um, you know, and he, he looked, at the person and he said, I don't know that you would want to be me. And that was like, Whoa, you know, he, and then he backed it up. He said, I'm, I'm not sure that, you know, that it is like the happiest of existences and I'm not sure it's like su- that great. So we, like we, we, we do that a lot. We idealize really one very small specific part of a person. And then yeah. you don't see all the crap that comes with it. Like the guy, you know, doesn't sleep. He's probably stressed out all the time. He can't turn off his brain and just relax with his friends. Like he's always thinking, thinking, you know, yeah. so it's like, yeah, it's, it's, he's definitely a very interesting person. I would love to get to talk to him one day. That would be awesome.
0: Well, I mean, that's the hopes and dreams of podcasting, right? Is yeah. that You meet the people that are, you're interested in a lot. That's like the the background with our, uh, or not our background, but kind of like what we base everything off of with, you know, getting people onto our show uh, is uh, our show is about our favorite people in, you know, comedy, cinema, and crypto. And, th- and that can always change who's our favorite, you know, at a, right. any given time. But essentially, it drives to people that we find fascinating. And then we're sharing that with everybody else. And, it's, you know, getting Elon Musk on, on the pod, you know, ours, yours, anybody's, that would be, level (laughs) essentially yeah and not not that you're trying to reach you know famed them from podcasting because that's very difficult to do and it's very rare but it's uh yeah it would just be something like getting the access yeah Yeah, it it i I got to ask my questions my way um and i actually got to know this person uh, a little bit more intimately than you know what i see on tv you you know what i hear or see in the news that's the dream.
1: That's, that's me too. Like, that's why I'm doing it because um, it's a great pretext to get to speak to people that otherwise you wouldn't like really reach out to them. You know, you wouldn't reach out to a random person and just have, a I mean, you could, but you know what I mean? It like gives you yeah. this legitimacy and, and you can also build up because now if you can say, well, I interviewed this person, then somebody can be like, okay, well, all right, maybe you can interview me too. And I don't know. I think it's fun. I just, I'm doing it for fun. Um, yeah. Which, which is, you know, yeah. key
0: if you have the right objective you'll succeed at it like if it's a passion it's gonna work right if you're doing it for the wrong reasons money well, it's gonna be hard <laughs> yeah yeah it's it is it
1: is there's aspects of it that are a pain in the ass like yeah. <laughs> figuring out all the tech like i i think two weeks ago i was or two, three weeks ago, I was doing an episode and I learned from the guy that was across from me that I was holding the microphone, like, like my microphone was wrong. This is a side address microphone. Oh, and okay. apparently I was treating it like a, you know, cause it, it looks You're like a, right into the mic. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's all this stuff and then editing and I, I have zero background and all that, but you just, if you, I don't know, I just, every time I look forward to the conversation so much that it's like, Whatever, I, I'll edit for hours if need be. Like, I just, you know, I want to have those conversations that I wouldn't otherwise get to have.
0: Absolutely. It, you know what? And, that, and that's one of the things that I found fascinating getting into podcasting, getting into cryptocurrency is that you have to learn, you essentially have to become an audio engineer that comes to podcasting, right? And you got to learn that. From, if you don't know anything about it, right, you're not going to school for it. You just want to record an episode and put it on the internet but it's just, it's more than that. So, especially if you want to, you want to make this a legitimate thing so you can get, you know, Elon Musk on your podcast one day, (laughs) essentially you have to learn, okay, well I need, you know, this mic to make this work and I need this to, you know, all this equipment and does it even jive together and that cryptocurrency and and mining crypto is the same way because there are cards that don't work with motherboards and motherboards that don't work with cards and, um, certain other aspects of, uh, you know, this card isn't good for mining you know, Bitcoin or this card isn't good for mining Doge or you know, th- the whole bunch of other different aspects in, in trying to figure out what works with what. And it's very similar in a way of getting started podcasting, yeah. you don't know what works with what.
1: Uh, I was talking to my dad, he's an entrepreneur. And I told him because I've, I've worked with him a little bit. So I, I know what it's like. And I, you know, I guess I'm doing this, which is entrepreneurial and, I told him, I think entrepreneurship is the opposite of school In school. You're given this. So I'm in college right now. That's why it's my frame of reference. It's Mm -hmm. you're, you're told, okay, read page, you know, eight through 16. And then, you know, from experience you have to highlight the words and then, you know, you take your notes then you go to lecture and everybody tells you what to do and you take a practice exam. So you kind of have a vision of what the test is going to be like. And then, you know, you take the test and hopefully you do well. And entrepreneurship, let's call it, is the opposite. You all you know is at some point this week, maybe you know within this year, you will have a test. I can't tell you what the topic is on, but good luck. (laughs) It's just like okay, (laughs) all right, let's. And then you just start studying shit and start thinking, okay, maybe it's going to be about this. And then you you open this Pandora's box, and now you have to make this work. And then and then there's just like new information all the time. And, and then the test is actually the preparation, you know, and then, yeah, but it, it's, it's kind of fun if, if you view it as this, like, if you don't view it as a thing where you need to get a score, like at school where like, it needs to be perfect, but rather you view it as this crazy, like thing happening to you that you're trying to manage and yeah. have succeed in the long term, then it's really exciting. And it feels so empowering to, to be like, makes you feel alive. You know, you're not just like checking the boxes.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, it's it, there is a test every single day. Uh, I could use a very good example with the new rig that I'm building. Um, again, this is our first Nvidia card because we're very heavy AMD, and uh, certain connectors don't work on the Nvidia cards that work on the AMD cards. So I had to learn that the hard way. And about 20 minutes before we got on, I figured it out. Oh, nice! I, I slew of uh, of connectors when it comes to uh, connecting a graphics card so it, but uh, yeah every day is a test and you know you, you got to figure out your way to to pass that test every when it comes to figuring all this stuff out but yeah essentially last night i very frustrated couldn't get there you know I put everything together like I normally would and nothing was working I actually <laughs> thought I bricked the card uh, which I've done on uh, a few of our cards at this point um, it's very savable salvageable if you know what you're doing uh, but that's another a test once you brick a card uh, do you know how to unbrick it <laughs> and what, is, what does brick mean it's so essentially it's like frozen the card doesn't function it's a paperweight uh, for the most part so you've you've done something to the card to where it does not function whatsoever mm-hmm. uh, and the layman term you know, you bricked it because essentially a graphics card kind of looks like a brick. It's shaped like a brick. In, oh, in gotcha. aspects. That So sense. That's, that's all, funny, you know, actually. I like that. You just made it. You made it a brick. Um, <laughs> okay. So, but there's ways to unbrick cards. <clears throat> like I said, I've, I've done it. Is too- it coding? Or do you, uh, like, is it physical, mechanical? Uh, like you have to make it mechanical it. for sure. Because uh, oh, essentially you have yeah. to run programs uh, to remove uh what they call the bios on it Mm -hmm. uh, on the card and you have to put on a bios uh back onto the card Uh, and each card does this in their own way uh so having to figure that out is also fun uh, because every card does something different is there like an sd like an sd that you have to put in an sd card into the card or something like Mm -hmm. no you you can so, so there, there's two ways, right, to, to unbrick a card. Uh, well, obviously not right, but <laughs> you're asking the question. But there are two ways that you can do it. One would be flashing it back to the card, which involves your computer uh, or operation, operating system that helps you flash back to the card. Uh, and another one would be um, what I call a hard flash. And essentially it's a tool that has a USB on one end that you put into your computer And then you have to take apart the back plate of your graphics card. In most cases, the back plate, sometimes it's a little deeper and you have to connect this little, um, it almost looks like a bag chip clip and you connect it right onto the actual um, memory uh, chip to the, to the card, which is difficult in itself because the chip is very thin. You can't even barely barely grasp it. Uh, And then, you flash it from there. Either way, at the end of the day, you have to flash it some way back to the new one. But it's either if you're doing it directly to the 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 chip, which is more hands on, or if you're doing it through an operating system, uh, virtually, which is less hands on, but still you're you're flashing it. How did you? What's what's your background? I guess that would be
1: useful to know, like you know, because how it did is, you get it, to where you are?
0: It is not. Uh, computers, uh, it is not, uh, yeah, it has nothing to do with podcasting or anything like that. <laughs> uh, so my background mainly, uh, is financial, Oh, okay. uh, uh, lending, uh, specifically. So I've been in the mortgage game. Uh, I would say, or I, I should say, you know, I used to be in the mortgage game. Uh, I would say probably like a decade and a half, 15 years or so. Uh, in that time frame, you know, I had discovered cryptocurrency uh, and failed miserably at it the first time because I destroyed my laptop. Uh, that scared me and I didn't touch cryptocurrency for a while. Uh, and then um, I, you know, I got into podcasting, which before I got into podcasting, I didn't even listen to a podcast before. So I didn't even really know what podcasting was uh, to even start it. So it's it just I just started it. Nice. Yeah. It's
1: kind of similar with me. I just, the only thing I knew was Joe Rogan and I liked watching his episodes and I was like, huh, I want to do what he does.
0: I just, and then I. And you know what's funny is. So I I would listen to talk radio every day and I still kind of do every now and then uh, on my local radio station, KUPD. Every day would listen to it, uh, especially while I was at work at the desk, just something to utilize while I focused on whatever my tasks were that day for uh, um, mortgage lending. And I thought that was podcast. Like it has to be the same. You're just talking to no mic and, and, you know, you take breaks, you do buffers, you do all this, all this stuff. And you know, there's no editing is needed and you just record and do your thing. Right. I was I'm like, ready well, for so your
1: so explanation cool. because that's where I am right now. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't see the difference yet.
0: So <laughs> I was like, okay, that's, that's what this is. Right. And um, I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to pitch it to my friends still haven't listened to a podcast episode at that point. And, uh, you know, I really didn't know what it was. I heard of Joe Rogan. I've seen a few clips, um, but I never really watched Joe Rogan with his podcast or anything like that. I, I didn't I didn't know. So uh, I'm like, yeah, dude, we can we can start this. We can make a radio station and put it on the Internet and do all these things. And they were on board. They're like, yeah, man. Cause I mean, the way I pitched it was: is we're just gonna like we do in the backyard and hang out and have yeah, drinks exactly. We're just gonna do that on the pod. We'll just do that on the pod. Yeah, um, exactly.
1: That's funny. Yeah, I I did a podcast for like two, three episodes with a friend. That's that was like the beginning of it. Then I decided I want to do it on my own, but it was the exact same thing. It was just like, hey, you know, we're we're having pretty cool conversations. <laughs> why don't we just record them?
0: Why don't we share them with the yeah, we're yeah. Them with the internet? Like I'm sure people think the same way we do. Well, that's not how podcasts work <laughs> <laughs> um and also i mean your your hosts your co-hosts will they'll, you know they'll, they'll get pod fade uh that's a real thing uh and they get, get they get what sorry it's called pod fade and so you know being a podcaster is a lot uh, and if you don't have the drive to put everything into it uh to make it a good podcast and i'm not saying my podcast is any good i mean i, I think uh, we're still growing when it comes to you know, getting the podcast uh, where I really want it to be. Uh, but, you know, we are taking steps uh, in, in making things uh, more to our standard uh, and more enjoyable for everybody. But, it, you know, your guests aren't going to see that same vision. Some will, some won't. Like when we started out, we started out with three people and we lost one of our co-hosts because it's a pod fade. You know, he, he just, he couldn't mix it with his life and what was going on and, and he wasn't seeing the value of the pod uh, because it wasn't bringing in a monetary uh, value to him. So that in itself, he was doing it for the wrong reason. He was thinking right. it would be a business and he would get paid at some point. And, and you can get paid in podcasting. You can get paid very well in podcasting. Uh, we, we are seeing that firsthand, but it, it's uh. it, it takes a while. Like it's not an overnight thing. You're, you're just not viral. You're just not, you know, a success. It's just not something that's a reality.
1: Yeah. That goes back to sort of what we were saying with Elon Musk, where you really focus in on one aspect of things. I think there's so many, you know, people who go viral and like yeah. overnight that it seems like it's everybody. But when you, you know, divide that numerator by the amount of people in the world, that are working hard, then you realize, Oh shit. Okay. I, I shouldn't like, I will not even look at those kinds of ideas anymore of like, Oh, this, this, this could be viral or this could be, you know, this great new business idea that could go. I don't, I don't look at ideas like this anymore. I think you're definitely going to be much more successful if you pick something you like that you can handle through like the downs. And if yeah. you find, okay, what do I like to do that I'm able to do or would, at least kind of want to do even if it sucked completely and then is this viable like would at least you know a few people find it interesting and then if so then you you put all your energy into it until it becomes something because
0: yeah. if you just like look for the one hit wonder it's like you know it's, it's the odds have, of that being it yeah you have a better chance of just winning the lottery yeah, and that's yeah. both in itself so it, it yeah it yeah. One of my mentors in podcasting uh, said something uh, that's kind of been that has stuck with me for a while uh, at this point is, uh, you know, it's very easy to make a podcast. Uh, it, it, it is, uh, but it is very difficult to make a good podcast. Uh, and, you know, everybody's definition of a good podcast, that that's very subjective. But the underlining of that is, if you want this to really succeed, you got to work at it. And it's not, it's not just, you know, I'm just going to put an episode out there and it's going to be, you know, listened by millions. (laughs) No, (laughs) One, we're not famous. So that's not a reality. Um, The way that you are going to get famous and in trying to uh, build this to where you can achieve that is through this podcast. And it's going to be interviewing people uh, regularly, you know, or just ha- not even interviewing, just having them on, on your show, right? Uh, and and uh, engaging in a conversation with them that seems uh, projectable to, to a lot of other people. And, and that itself will then make you famous and, and will bring the millions of listens eventually. Yeah, no, I know. and And that's why I
1: just, for me, the goal is just to talk to interesting people and learn. I'm doing this almost like just fully selfishly like i just want to learn from other people i think i i have the gift of being able to speak to people on a wide variety of things yeah and uh and i figured okay so i just i want to have access to more people and just meet people in this field i like interviewed a guy who uh, uh, who does physics you know who's like a, a physics researcher at stanford like those are conversations I would never have otherwise like nobody would be like oh sure I'll spend two hours with you talking about physics like no so it's just that's why I'm doing it I just want to learn and then if if I learn something that can be helpful to someone that's great yeah if not whatever
0: (laughs) no I mean that's a good perspective on how to look at it because honestly knowledge is key and I mean, our show is kind of very similar in that aspect is, you know, we don't have the people on that, that we have on uh, just to, you know, shoot the shit with. I mean, that's one of the goals of the show, but we learn a lot of different stuff, whether that's valuable knowledge or not valuable knowledge is, you know, <laughs> is subjective. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it, that's out uh, for judgment still, but um, <laughs> like we recently had a guest on and we have this running skit, uh, when we first started, we had a couple people from Australia on and I, I literally drunkenly said, you know, is, is it even real? Like are where you live? Is that a real place? Like, I don't <laughs> understand. Like, and I've never been in Australia, so I, I thought it was hilarious. And it very it really was to everybody else when I asked it because it threw them off <laughs> <laughs> the, the guest that is. Um, it was very rude to do, but it essentially has become a running skit on our show. And I asked a guest just recently, uh, who's a, a, a up and coming comedian in, in the L.A. area, uh, you know, is Australia real? And, and he went off on a tangent of, you know, forget Australia. You guys are focusing on the wrong place. You know, you got to think about, you know, Antarctica. And it, like he went into this depth conspiracy theory about billionaires and Antarctica and all oh, like legit stuff. like
1: that. Antarctica is yeah. not real.
0: No, so like Antarctica isn't what we think it is, essentially, is what he was getting at. And uh, Antarctica, there is a place where there is a not snow, like it's not just all snow in areas, and it's almost like a, a billionaire's pedophile island. I don't know if you want oh. that, idea, but no, I don't. I, I, whatever you say is good. Don't worry about it. I, I, have uh, it, I, 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 don't worry. <laughs> You're good. But yeah, so he, and then he's, he went into that, like kind of explaining it just like how I did. And then he said, why, you know, and, and what what made it be that? And we're like, this is this is new to us. Like we we've never heard of this conspiracy theory. And me and my co-host, we love expir- uh, conspiracy theories because it's just it, it gets you thinking like, yeah, this doesn't sound real, but it's plausible. Right. Yeah. and That's, that's just, t- exciting about it. That's what pisses me off today <laughs> is that it's
1: like you don't. I don't want people to agree with me or think like me or think like other people. That's not the goal, but can we acknowledge the amount of plausible? It's like with, Oh my God, with COVID, like when a year ago people were saying it came out of a lab, like, okay, let's say it didn't, but it is pretty fucking plausible. Like the, yeah. And now it's finally coming out and it's like, it's crazy that that story was shut down, like censored on Twitter. There's like legitimate people who were banned from Twitter for saying it came out of a lab a year ago. And now it's like, they can't even hold the story in anymore. And it's like, just had people said, Hey, I don't know, probably not. That seems a little crazy, but can we just, yeah, maybe it's plausible. That's all we yeah. need. There's just, but like, people do not want plausible. They want black or white and just right. like, and, and it's, and that's why we live in this dumb world. Cause we dumb everything down into black and white, and, that way we can navigate and, you know, go have fun and not have to be adults. And that, I, that pisses me off.
0: <laughs> that, that's why we like conspiracies, though. Is, is, it, it's not black and white. It's never black and white. And yeah. It, and uh, as soon as, you know, we're, we're making fun of one thing, you know, our skit, and then it turns into that. And you're like, you know, and, and one of the ways we pitch it to uh, with the Australia thing is, you know, if you believe in flat earth theory and Mm -hmm. the possibility that Australia might not be real. Uh, We pitch it that way. And we had another guest bring up his, his father-in-law essentially as a flat earther. And and he went into describing that because we've never met anybody that was even remotely close to being on that page. I've seen stuff on YouTube uh, of flat earther and their, their philosophy and their, what they believe in things like that. But I've never been that close you know that that's essentially like a secondhand thing like yeah a, i'm only two people away from somebody that's actually a flat earther and and so this guy's having arguments with his father-in-law on holiday because you know how family gets together on holidays yeah. <laughs> covid but uh he's having arguments with his father-in-law over you know flat earth thing, and i'm like this is a sitcom like and, and we're, and we're you <laughs> know, going into depth about that and, that, and that's something that just wouldn't trigger by itself just having a conversation with people. So it's, it's just, it's funny, especially yeah, in cool. what, you know, questions come up or conversations like, like you wanted to talk about cryptocurrency. And now we're talking about the podcasting in general, like it, <laughs>
1: about flat earth theory and <laughs> Antarctica being a giant yeah. pedophile. <laughs> uh, no, but it's like, you, you know, you know, what's the thing? I, I don't think people who believe in conspiracy theories, even like the crazy ones. Yeah. Are, are necessarily dumb. Like I could, I'm. I don't believe in flat Earth theory, but I guess you know if I, like I would be willing to have a conversation with a flat Earther and be like, okay, so you know, like show me, like what what is the thinking behind, yeah, what you're saying, and then evaluate it based on the thinking, and then, but like I just don't see why we have to shut the person down. Like what if they're right? Also, it's it's just so arrogant. Like we don't. I I wouldn't say we're smarter than people who lived. You know when at the times when we did think earth was flat, they just had less information than we do theoretically, right? Because it's not like I could prove to you that the earth is round. I wouldn't know how to do that. I have to rely on somebody else. So the moment you start relying on somebody else, then of course, there's the potential for that being used, like to manipulate you, you know? So, so it's not like if you have to rely on somebody else, you can't fully trust them So unless like I could mathematically prove the earth was around myself, which I can't, I haven't studied enough to do that. Then, of course, there's the possibility that it's not and I'm willing to hear it because maybe somebody will make a fair point,
0: you know? Yeah, well, I and that's so you're you're open to the dialect of, of figuring it out or the yeah. dialect. It. So it's, it's just one of those things that like when I was younger, I, I was very arrogant uh, in the way of, you know, I, I hated to be wrong. Uh, and now, you know, going through my journey of, of podcasting and, and just, you know, growing to be an adult, more or less, uh, And I don't even know if I would really even say that, but um, <laughs> yeah, every day is different, right? You know, um, uh, every day is a new journey. Uh, essentially, now I, I, I preface it like I could be wrong with this. Yeah. Is the way I look at it. This is how I'm perceiving it, and and like what we've talked about today with cryptocurrency and and even podcasting. This is how I'm perceiving it. Now, is that right? I, I don't know. Uh, is it wrong? It prob. Uh, it's the way that I'm looking at it and the way yeah. that I'm understanding it, and it makes sense for me. And, and and could someone benefit from that? Sure, because maybe I'm explaining it to them to where it clicks for them. Uh, yeah maybe i don't know no no <laughs> i agree tired. and then and then that that like
1: what you're saying of you might be wrong there's only there's a dark side to that and that's like the nihilistic perspective on stuff you know where like oh therefore nothing is true and i think yeah. something i like i talk a lot about with my friends is like the fact that it's black and white to us because it is it is like to us it is gray doesn't mean that it actually is gray right like there is yeah. an objective truth Antarctica either is or is not a secret pedophile island like there is there is an answer like you know what I mean yeah but but the fact that it is gray does not mean that there is no answer so I think I think people a lot of times like well I don't know personally therefore you know like but you there is an answer too so it's like this weird dynamic where you have to stay humble but also there is an answer that's worth exploring and so it's like where, where do you go from there? And you don't want to go into complete like, oh, it doesn't matter anyway, either.
0: Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing, too, uh, especially with cryptocurrency, be- just because it's so monetary, right? You know, you're dealing with people's money at this point and people get outraged when they lose it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you preface, I'm not a financial advisor. You need to do your own research. But this is how I'm looking at it and perceiving it. And so if you perceive it that same way, cool. If you see what I see, but in a different aspect to explain it differently, you should do it. Yeah. I think it's
1: sad we have to preface everything. Like it's a very American thing just because yeah. of, like the, you know, getting sued all the time. I think it's weird. Like you should be, you should know I, to look out for your own self. <laughs> you shouldn't have somebody constantly remind you like, oh, you know, think for yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, sure. Know, right.
0: <laughs> Well, you know, I do it, and I've learned uh, to do this because of YouTube, (laughs) unfortunately. Uh, You know, not that we've gotten sued or anything like that, but YouTube will take your shit down immediately uh, if you're out there giving financial advice and you are not a financial advisor, which I don't know how YouTube knows that, but it gets flagged, and then it it sits. Has that happened to you? Yeah, it has already. Oh, Um, my God. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and... It's just you're like okay, well, I gotta fix the episode because uh, oh, yeah, that's you, super you gotta annoying. Insert something or take something out, and mm. it, it it can be um it can be frustrating, and that's another part of aspect you know of um podcasting. You know, where are you putting your sources? Because podcasting, similar to cryptocurrency, is in the wild, wild west right now, and not regulated by you know like the FEC uh, or F what is, uh, FCC. What? Yeah. FCC. And, um, it, since they're not regulating, like you can say and do whatever you want on podcasting. Well, YouTube is regulated by them. So you can't do that. And if you want to put your show on YouTube, you need then to make your sure gotta... You're compliant with their terms and, their oh, terms. you know, that's that box you check that you never read. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> All right, man. Um, Listen, it's been about like two hours and two, no, an hour and a half, which is like a good, you know, a good length for the show. Um, Dude, thanks so much for coming. I really appreciate it. Um, Do you do you want to share a link or some resources so people can go and kind of follow what you're doing and and
0: all of that stuff? Uh, You know, always check us out on all the social medias, including YouTube uh, at Amigos PC, Um, You can find all the links to all of that on amigospc.net. And yeah, we're now starting to really document our journey. So if you want to keep an eye on that, you know, click the little subscribe button on the YouTube because a lot of the cryptocurrency journey is going to be visually on there, Uh, even though we're talking on it uh, on the podcast. And we do have people at least once a month uh, on our podcast, talking specifically cryptocurrency, if that's your your jive. Uh, otherwise, we have you know comedians left and right. Uh, we have people uh, in the um, in the movies and TVs, film and TV. Essentially, uh, we've notably had on Kevin L. Johnson from Ozarks, uh, Jesse Camacho from Lock and Key. Uh, we are now uh, going to be having. Uh, sorry, give me. Just one second. I can tell you our next guest is I just messed all that up. I should have had that in writing. Sorry, dude. No, it's cool. Go just
1: go ahead. Tell us. Tell us who it is. You're building. You're building up anticipation. Can, I know. Right. you're Listening like, oh, my God, who is it? Who is it going to be? <laughs>
0: uh, we have Rachel Redleaf from Why Women Kill uh, coming on the episode today. So. Nice. Uh, that'll be out in the next couple weeks. Uh, something to look forward to. Um, yeah, it, it just hit us up from there. All right, man. Well, dude, thanks so much. This has been
1: awesome conversation. You're a great guest, by the way. It was nice to talk Thank about, you know, everything and how it relates or doesn't relate. So, thanks <laughs> so much for coming on.
0: Thanks for having me, man.
1: Please like. Follow, subscribe, comment on whatever platform you're using. It genuinely helps me. So if you enjoyed it, give me some of that free love. Thanks.